This is your mind, this is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your world. Yeah, how long has it been since you got to think for yourself, think, think for yourself? And how long has it been since you've had some time to yourself, unwind with yourself? You can do anything, so don't you hide from yourself, be kind to yourself, intelligent, amazing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Replenish Me Show, where we offer strategies for women to get from the chaos of wanting to be healthy to the calm of actually doing it through building a system of self-nurturing. Today, I introduce the lovely Shari Khan, and she's come up with an amazing system called Transform. And I can't wait to hear her story and the strategies she has to share with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Cordelia. It's, um, it's my pleasure. So tell me, um, this is a very interesting name that you've come up with for your company. And it, I, it makes me immediately think that you're like retraining your mind or retraining yourself to, to be a different being or a different way. Am I in the neighborhood? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what, what a perfect... Um, a description. Do you know, actually, I can't take credit. I would love to take credit for the name Transform, but I, uh, but I can't. It was actually um, the name that came up. Uh, the, there was someone who helped me um, create my website when I was just setting up for myself. And we were looking, you know, the whole thing of branding and knowing what it, somehow the name of the company name it really needs to resonate with you. And I was explaining, um, Mark, his name was, I was explaining to him what I did and what I wanted. And I kept talking about transformation and helping people, but my background was training. So he had this um, light bulb moment and, he, and I think we did quite a lot of brainstorming. We went away, we couldn't find anything. And he came back and he, he said, this is it, it's transform. And um, that, it. Was it. that was it. But it is, it is about the transformational journey that people uh, go on. And, and, and I still, uh, this is kind of seven years on now. And I, I love the name because it, still resonates no matter what I'm doing within the business um, because I, I train for organizations and companies as well as individuals so it just still makes sense yeah so thank you for picking up on that oh absolutely brilliant I like that okay so what what is your background and what um, tell me a little bit about your story what do you do now uh, well, um, background, I mean, in terms of um, qualifications and whatever, um, um, training, I started off um, teaching first. So I, I studied chemistry um, for my degree, and then I did a teaching qualification. So I taught in schools and colleges, chemistry and physics. And, uh, yep, <laughs> and that was... Wow. And, and and that um, that feels like a different lifetime. It really does. It feels so long ago. But I I I've, I think I've always been a teacher at heart. I think that's the thing. But school, it wasn't school for me. Um, I don't particularly like the order and the regimented sort of approach to teaching. So um, I I had to get out and um, go where it was a little freer to do my work, which was within organisations. So yeah. Interesting. So, you know, what's funny about what you're saying, you were a science teacher, but you wanted to be more free. 
And when people think of scientists, we always think of structure and like methods and stuff like that. But when I think of science, I always think of how it is an art, you know, mm-hmm. like it's its own language. And so you're just like confirming that for me, like you're a true, true scientist to me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think how we teach science in schools leaves a lot to be desired as well. It's, um, it is, I suppose, the whole of education is, isn't it, the regimented sort of approach, rather than the, the free-spirited thinking and creating and discovering. Yeah. Did you have a personal um, struggle or anything above and beyond, you know, feeling confined to have to conform in that arena? And if you did, when you moved into the organizational realm, did you find what you were looking for or that still wasn't it? Um, I think, um, I think this thing of struggle, I think everyone feels it at some point. I mean, I, I think I particularly felt it just because of my nature, just because of my spirit. You know, I'm one of seven kids and um, our, our parents were, our parents, my, my father's gone now, but my mother is still with us. Um, if I talk just a little bit about the background, actually, in terms of kind of upbringing, um, it's a really, really supportive um, family unit. And where we had uh, our father who was, you know, really encouraging us to go to university, make sure you um, learn what you can, make sure you um, be the best that you can and get out there and in a man's world, you are as, as equal. So that was the very, very strong message from my, my father. So girls, even more than boys, actually encouraged to make sure they got their qualifications. Um, and then from my mother, there was this beautiful, nurturing, supportive environment where really I think, I think about our upbringing and I think just how, how perfect it was because we had both both spaces and we felt comfortable and we felt empowered to do our best but actually if it didn't work out that it's going to be okay anyway so there there was this there was never drama in that sense which is what I I think experience an awful lot when I look at my clients and I'm working with my clients there's an awful lot of drama because there seems to be a almost a panic about life Hmm. Yeah, which wasn't there, I think, when we were growing up. So in that sense, um, a, a very um, supportive sort of um, environment to grow up in. But I mean, I, I think I found um, uh, uh, school, university, whatever, really quite um, yeah restrictive. I like to break. I like I like to go and do things. Um, Oh, I don't know. It, it, I suppose it is this thing of discovering. I like the unknown. I, I, I used to love, and I haven't done it for a while now, but I used to love just getting in the car, not having anywhere to go, no idea. And you just drive. Yeah. And you stop and you stay and you, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I used to do that too. <laughs> can totally relate to that so you know what I'm hearing you saying like for yourself with your dynamic upbringing you um kind of were given freedoms you know to be yourself that 
you don't see that your clients have, they don't have probably in their upbringing and that's where their angst is coming from. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the freedom. I think it's the security. Right. Security. That we had. Not to do, I think not so much freedoms. Um, in fact, I, I, I would say it isn't freedom because um, that, and, and that is kind of part of my, maybe some of the stuff I'll share with you is actually, I had to leave home at some point because it, it was too restrictive. There were, you know, things asked of me, which I wasn't willing to conform to. I mean, every society has that, every family has that. Um, but I had to, I realized that I, I couldn't stay there and be with them and still be me. Um, it was going to be too much of a struggle. So I had to, you know, make that choice, make that decision. Yeah. So if you don't mind me getting a little bit personal here, um, sure. I'm noticing by your name, Yes. Icon that you may be from like um, a Muslim background or your parents yes, yes. migrated to uh, Europe. So would you say um, the way that your family practiced Islam was very difficult for you, for your personality? Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. what you needed to move away from? Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, from Pakistan originally, from Karachi, and my um, family moved to the UK, um, all, you know, like, like every uh, uh, immigrant family, to um, make a better life for themselves, for their children, for the future. So all really honourable intentions and a very hardworking family. And actually um, very liberal, I suppose, in some respects, because having a father at that time who was so positively promoting his daughters to make sure they were able to stand on their own two feet. That's what it was about. That's, you know, making sure you were resilient in life to be able to manage, to be able to cope. Um, so, so, so yes, but I think, again, I think my personality, and I think it does come down to that is um, for, because the religion was not a problem for many of my siblings. Um, but for me, it was too, too restrictive. And, but to be honest, I don't think it would have mattered which religion I came from, because I think just any religion <laughs> for me is too restrictive. I, I don't want those um, uh, uh, boundaries. I don't want to be um, labeled in that way. So I'm, I'm um, very much a free spirit in, the, in that sense, yeah. I, I like that. I appreciate that. So, okay. And so how did you train yourself to become the form that you are and what strategies did you use? Um, you know, Cody, I think, I think life is probably the biggest um, teacher for us. Um, so if I just share with you maybe some of the um, main um, events that happened which I think shaped me mm. uh, so I, I think for me the the very first that I can significantly say had a, had a really big impact was I had a very very um, close friend we, we 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 our family and their family were in the same street we grew up together mums were friends and my I think uh, four of us the youngest four in our side I had two sisters um, sorry, one sister older than me and the one younger, us three, although seven of us all together, had in their family three um, 
of the same age, so best friends. Nice. So we had lots and lots of time together. I was in the same, my, my friend was Anita. Very, very um, wonderful childhood memories. And then age 16, suddenly, um, I hadn't seen her for school for a few days and we heard that she had died. We heard that she had passed away, age 16. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly right. And I, it, it was one of the, um, even now when I, when I look back and try and trace, you know, why am I me and how, what shaped me? That's one thing that keeps coming um, to my mind because it, um, it taught me a, a very, uh, very important lesson, which was basically how, how precious life is and that it can go like that. And, and I think that possibly helped me to really start to think about what I, how I spent my time, first of all, but also <laughs> what, I, what I did and what I didn't do. Hmm. Because it's so short. Because if Anita, and she was the most beautiful, 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 long, long flowing hair and just, yeah. Um, and gone like that. So, so a, a, a lesson, and I think life kind of teaches us so many lessons along the way. Um, but that was certainly one which um, molded me and how I uh, approach, approach life. And, and I think, um, I think that just as you go through life and things that happen. So for example, uh, one of the things for me, um, I, I realized that I had to, I had to come away from my family. It wasn't going to be possible for me to um, be with the person I wanted and um, still be acceptable, accepted even within the community, the wider community um, and the family. So that was, that was a choice I made. And it was at a time when I think everyone around me was saying, um, yeah, not a good idea, mm, very risky. Mm. Yeah. So when you've got everyone saying that and you are feeling, you, you, you've just got to weigh it all up because there was everything, the whole world on one hand and then this other relationship and what I wanted. Um, and I could have, and, and this is, I think this is the thing is that life is full of choices. I think that's one of the big, big le learnings for me. And it's just a matter of which road you take. It really is. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I, I, I went with what my heart was telling me because to do anything else, I would have been, I wouldn't be living my, my full self. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I have a question. Did, um, so how many sisters and how many brothers were you? I have three and three. Three and three, nice, okay. And um, did, uh, did you select your spouse or did they select your spouse? Oh, I did. You did, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. And, and as I say, I had to actually, to be able to be with him, I had to, I, it was not gonna be acceptable for me to be um, there with, with my community, with my family and for that relationship to be accepted. Wow. So, yeah, so it was a choice to leave and yeah, it's a very difficult, it was a very difficult one, but, um, you know, you, thank goodness I have no regrets, but that's not to say it was, um, you know, it was easy, not at all. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's a, it's definitely a life choice and a, a different path altogether. So, um, 
So what kind of transformations do you help your clients with? Well, um, if, how, how do I do So who I work with, maybe if I explain who I work with. So I work with professionals and managers who are, and I think kind of give an idea of age, getting to that kind of 40-year-old <laughs> mindset, 40 of us. So they're the kind of um, clients I work with, men and women. But it's people who are finding it, finding it difficult to find meaning in the life that they're living at the, at the moment. So it could be that they're just totally overwhelmed, overwhelmed mm. with work, with life, not finding purpose, not finding joy. It feels like, you know, it just is like a, um, what's, what's the word, like Groundhog Day. It's just, is this it? And they're questioning, really, really, is this it? Is this life? Hmm. So, um, so, and it depends what stage they are at, but it could be that because if, if people don't take care of themselves early on enough, um, then they get to the burnout. And then of course it's, there's a lot, a lot of other work you've got to do to help them get back to a point of being able to build up. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a trainer in the area of resilience. And when I say resilience, I mean building internal strength, that internal strength so that you, you are able to be the best that you can be and live life on your terms. And, and I mean, when I say you internally, I mean absolutely you. So not you and your partner, you and your spouse, you and your children. I mean you as an individual. Yeah, so, um, so and, and that can, that can be, uh, quite difficult for people who have kind of always had someone else to rely on. But then it's, it's, it's teaching them how to take back their strength, their power, and really empower them. I think like you're uniquely uh, equipped to teach this or to train people in this way. I mean, just knowing your story, because early on, you made the hard choice and like if you choose your spouse and you have to be outside of a community for support to raise your family you've got to have some keen like resilience right and then it, it seems like the people that you work with like your clients are people that just went or went along with the status quo and yes mom yes dad that's right that's appropriate that's appropriate i'm gonna do this and they're going up and going up like they're supposed to and then they're just like i've never and now what <laughs> yeah uh, yes and am i happy and who have i done this for yeah and all of that question and actually uh, with the the brain at that sort of age at around 40 there's some changes taking place neurologically and you are you're 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 beginning to you call it neurological pruning where actually um, you're beginning to sift out the things which don't matter. And that's where you get the questioning. Mm. And you start seeing, a, looking for a bigger picture, looking for a bigger purpose and finding out actually, where do I fit into all of this? Because we get to that point where you think, actually, I'm not going to live forever, am I? <laughs> which is what you do think when you're 20 and 30. Right, right. Yeah. But then it hits you, your mortality hits you around 40 and you're like, wait, <laughs> Life will come to an end. <laughs> so what am I doing? And am I really happy? Because the number of people who are just working so hard, it really, it just, um, 
yeah, it, it really makes me think, it saddens me really to know how hard people are working and how, how some would, I would say, very, very unhappy or just coping. But that's never, ever what life was supposed to be. You know, and, and, and the, I suppose that's the thing is my premise comes from that time. As a 16 year old, I thought, oh, my goodness, everything has just gone like this for Anita. That's not it's not supposed to be like this. It's supposed to be, you know, life is supposed to be exciting. It's supposed the, the, the beauty. If we only look for it in every day, every day coincidences and everyday meetings and chance meetings and smiles from strangers and all the rest of it and yet often we've got our heads down we're not even looking we're in our own heads worried 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 um yeah and i like that chance meetings and coincidences are but i never really look at those as chance or coincidence i look at them as they have a purpose right those things that happen, those people that you meet, and like you may know someone just for a number of hours, right? Like, um, you know, think of when you get stuck in an airport by right by chance, right? Yes, and you're yes. Just stuck with this group of people, and for some hours, and the exchange that you have with those people, and the things that you gain from the experience, you know, and it, it becomes part of you, it becomes your story and who you are and maybe how you think going into your, you know, when you land on your destination. So that's yes. a really beautiful way to look at it. I like that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. They're not chance. I don't think, I don't believe they are chance. But some people pick up on those and some people don't because they have got their head down and they're not engaging in life. So how do you help people to see those things? How do you help them to see that beauty? Um, well, I, generally speaking, when I'm working with my clients, I get them to um, step back because often they are, when they come to me, they are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and they've got so much going on that they keep thinking that if I do more and I do it quicker, I'll get where I want to. But actually, that's not the answer. You know, the answer is the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. So it's this thing of actually sitting back and doing nothing just for a short while to um, get your breath back and to start looking at the lay of the land, how it is um, currently, without doing anything, just working through actually and figuring out what it is that you want in life, hmm. um, in different aspects of your life, um, and, and, and creating a plan for moving forward rather than let life happen to you which is often what happens or you let other people decide for you what's going to happen for you you actually start taking control so that's how i help people uh, my clients is to first of all take stock and then very gently get them to begin to take control um, often they're feeling that they are out of control that life is out of control and we start to let them feel their internal power again and begin to empower them using all sorts of different techniques and so I'm an executive coach as well so um, in terms of um, the tools that are available to people to kind of start to shift mindset 
um, are so simple and so powerful. It's, 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 you know, when you can see a client in, a, in an hour session start to move um, and you, 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 you get them or, or they're able to um, vocalize, verbalize something that they've never been able to do before and and you see their eyes open light up and and suddenly they have the answer mm. so with, with coaching what you're doing is you're not giving them the answers you, know, you give them the tools you help them work through the tools you never give them the answers because what you're doing is you're helping them you're empowering them true empowerment so they're finding their own answers so i like that you, know, you are taking pause then you're kind of assessing the situation, like seeing what's going on, and then you give them the controls. Indeed, indeed. And, and it's not that they, it's just that they, they let go of the controls for a while, that's all it was. They just got to put their hands back onto the steering wheel and start, you know, driving in the direction they want rather than the one everyone else has got them moving in. Right, right. They're not being chauffeured around anymore, so. <laughs> yes, but you know, it's easy sometimes to let other people do that for us. Sometimes it's the, it's the easy way. It is. So, so tell me, what are, um, I know you're offering like a, a free ebook um, for people who listen. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, yes. So um, I have my, I have a, and again, this was one way of getting something into the hands of people who couldn't physically get to my workshops. Um, and it's, a, it's about reaching as many people out there who need support, who need that level of help. So it's an ebook. It's, there's a link on my website. And if I send you, Cordelia, if I send you the, uh, the link, maybe that's something you can share yes. with your listeners. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what it's called, and I'll just, um, let me just have a quick look. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's actually called Seven Guaranteed Ways to Reduce Your Overwhelm. Stop. To, sorry, seven, let me do that again. Seven Guaranteed Ways to Reduce Stress, Stop Feeling Overwhelmed at Work, and Get Your Life Back. It's a long title, but um, that's what it does. It get, it, and it's, 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 it's very action-centered. You know, it's not just talking to them about what they could do. It's actually helping them to identify actions that they can do in each of those steps to move forward and there's an action plan in there as well and I, I encourage people to get back in touch with me if you know if they're struggling if they're stuck and yeah, yeah. So. so it's your preference to do one-on-one -on -one coaching or do you do group coaching um, and do you do remote yes yes I, I do I mean I if people can get to me I can do um, my coaching programs I mean and they're, they're always specifically geared towards what individuals want but generally speaking it's a five session program over about three or four months something like that oh, okay. um so that's certainly something that we could do i do skype as well so i do uh, skype meetings so coaching programs over skype but the online program which i'd love to tell you a little bit about is something which i'm just about to i'm just putting the finishing touches to it in the testing um this week but Next week, the idea is first week of December, we start um, promoting it. Um, so that's a five-week program. 
and it's again it's it's aimed at professionals who want to um who've had enough and want to start changing their life and getting some support and they can't get to my workshop so it's it's to help them get over the overwhelm and they can do it online as i say um we've actually it's going it, we go live on the first week of february okay but we started promoting it next week with an early bird discount so okay. that if people, yeah so that if, if the people who do want to definitely come on board they get a they will get a good good rate good price for it and the great thing is it's over five weeks um and we cram the training into one hour on a monday and then they have things they need to do for the rest of the week but it, again the, the beauty is they can do that at a time and place that suits them right and we've got Zoom calls in there. We've got Facebook accountability. And they get to keep the program. They get to keep the, the, the modules for life. Okay. So, yeah. Lifetime so they can dip. Access. Yeah, lifetime access. So they can dip in and out when they, when they want. I like that. Yeah, because a lot of times when you get in an online course, you don't have lifetime access. So that's really amazing. Um, and I like the support with the Zoom calls, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there going to be a Facebook group or? There is a, uh, there is a Facebook, uh, Facebook group, thank you. Um, but what we do is, because we've run this a few times now, we've realized that the best time to open that group is close to the end of the program. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we open that just as the program's closing so that everyone there, all the delegates have got a place um, to still share and connect. Okay. Yeah. I like that too. Very nicely set up. So um for i guess when i publish this i'm going to publish it on my youtube channel this week which is the first are we already in the first like tomorrow's december 1st yeah it is yes <laughs> right so um i'll just update the description with your course once it's um once you're starting to promote um okay. yeah so it'll be there uh, this will be evergreen so yeah. Um, that's great. Wow. I really appreciate you coming in today. I want to just close with, um, can you give me three takeaways that you would like our listeners and viewers to have today? Yeah. And I, well, there's so many things I could say, but I think if I'm just going to pick three, I think the first one probably is know what you want in life. Because unless you know, you're guessing your own way. And actually, once you know, you've got a much better chance of getting there. So I think that's the first, the first thing. Um, I think the other one is this thing of being lighthearted. Life is supposed to be fun. And I think that that is so poignant because, and to just even think about that when things are feeling heavy, just to even think about that could start changing things for you. So remember that life's supposed to be fun. Yeah. I think our parents often uh, and, our, and the adults around us when we're growing up do us a disservice by telling us always work hard. You're not working hard enough. You know, I think most people are working hard enough. <laughs> They're probably working too hard. Too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's about, you know, um, easing up and starting to enjoy before you actually reap the rewards of wherever it is you're heading for. So I reckon that's the... Um, is that the second one? Yes, I love that. And I, and I think maybe the last one, which I think has got to come first of all, which is, is this thing around self-care, looking after yourself 
and I know uh, Cordelia, you're big on this um, yourself, but this thing of seriously looking after yourself um, so that you are in a really, really positive and good place to be able to look after the people who matter to you in life. Because if you don't, you know, you're going to, like so many of the professionals I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, end up being burnt out by the time they're 40 because they've given everything. They've cared about everyone except, except for themselves. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know which one of those I like the best. I kind of, <laughs> but I, I do, <clears throat> I do like the lighthearted one because that's one you don't hear a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm so happy that you're sharing your gift with the world and you're, ac you're accessible to people everywhere in the world. So that it's, it's my pleasure, really. That's amazing. Thank you so much. You're such a beautiful spirit and I appreciate your time. No. Okay. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's listening as well. Break free from the hell, break free from